welcome to the Highbrow Happy Hour. And I stumble to the kitchen Pour myself a cup of ambition And yawn and stretch and try to come to life Jump in the shower and the blood starts pumping Out on the streets the traffic starts jumping With folks like me on the job from nine to five Working nine to five
All right, we're going live. We're doing it. I hope you all can hear us out there. If you're just tuning in, this is the Highbrow Happy Hour. I'm hanging out here in uh, the fabulous Oakland, California with my friend. How would you like to be introduced today? My name is James. You can also call me Pop-Tart. Oh, Pop-Tart. Or whatever you want to call me. Reoccurring guest. Um, okay, so what are we doing today? We are listening to songs from movies so James and I can have something to talk about. Mm-hmm. Or at least a reason to hang out again. Uh, we just learned uh, a few songs that, that James had uh, requested from us or for me to put onto the, to the playlist today. Nine to Five. By Dolly Parton. By Dolly Parton. Um, which I always feel like, you know, I just, I just, I'll just click it. If you all forgot. It's that one. Yeah. It's that Classic. One. It's a good karaoke song. <laughs> That's actually how I, how I'm familiar with it. I do love Dolly Parton, but I don't, uh, really make a point to listen to her, you know, uh, it, you know, intentionally, but I thought we were going to talk about your rash. What are, what no, 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 we're not talking about oh, any rashes oh, today. Oh, okay. Jeez. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was anyway, promised something so that, else. But nine to five is a movie. We could talk about nine to five. We also had, uh, head over heels, which is tears for fears from, uh, Donnie Darko, which, you know, we can talk about it here. And then Suspiria, uh, and both versions of the original and the old, one Tom York version and one from the 1970-something version. Uh, so, 9 to 5, highly recommended right here. I personally recommend it. Yeah, I just uh, saw it for the first time um, just a few days ago. I've been watching a ton of movies. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's really incredible. It stars uh, Lily Tomlin, Jane Fonda, and uh, Dolly Parton. It's her first film. Um, and they're, it bas- it's from 1980, so it's like a really nice time capsule at the time. Um, you know, there's like a whole scene where they show Jane Fonda struggling with his Xerox uh, machine. Oh. <laughs> it's really pretty incredible. And, uh, yeah, no, highly recommend it. I mean, as a, as a film, probably, like, it's not very good technically or anything, but it's uh, hilarious, and the premise and, and writing is very creative. I'm just, I'm ready for these, I'm just ready for these kind of nothing movies to be in my life again. You know, not nothing, but just something easy to watch oh, that's, so like, easy. super solid as a film. Oh, yeah. Um... There's a few, like, I don't know, I kind of, I, I don't know. They're, I'm ready for rom-coms to be a thing again. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, but they like don't a, make them anymore. Not really. Yeah, and no, if they they're do, gone. they're really bad. Yeah. Did I you mean, see that movie, actually, um, the Jonah Hill one? Uh, uh, what was it called? About, like, him who was kind of, like, falling in love with this black woman. And it was, like, this new Netflix thing. I didn't even look up the name. I just watched it. Anyways, I have not seen that, no. There's so much good quality there, but it was like, if you don't follow, if you don't really follow the hair, when hair gets out, mm-hmm. theme, you know, and it, you know, it was, it was trying to touch on different subject matter that was, you know, sensitive and important to talk about, but mm-hmm. it never really got there because it just got in the way of trying to be too comical. Right? Uh-huh. So, uh-huh. I see. Yeah. There, you know, I don't know. There's certain genres that come and go. It's uh, like, I, and uh, like rom-coms are totally one of them that just kind of fell off the face of the earth. Um, yeah, and uh, like noir films were like really popular in the 40s, and you don't really see them so much anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with like crime dramas from the 70s, don't see them so much anymore. I mean, yeah, I mean, god, some of the best. I did, uh, I was kind of on this like rant for um, a good crime film again. Mm-hmm. Oh, wait, before we start there, actually, because I feel like you're not juiced up, mm-hmm. huh? uh, I do have something special here today. Um, because I know you're an agave fan. We usually drink mm-hmm. mezcal on this mm-hmm. show. But this is Sotol. Ooh. 
and um this is a, this is going to be a sipper all right and uh if you haven't had this before neither have i i have not no if you eat beautiful the bottle. of opening that up for us yes let me get a few glassware yeah the bottle the bottle is beautiful it's like this square bottle with beveled corners and looks like it's uh it's clear and in the back there is a uh cow skull with horns really nice bottle what do we call a cow with horns a bull? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think. <laughs> I don't yes. know. Maybe it's an ox. Yeah. So uh, you ox. want me to just like uncork this or what? Yeah, yeah, uncork it. Okay. So yeah, and then this one is like aged in... Uh... Oh yeah, so if anyone out there is listening and is like, what the hell is this show? Well, we're, mm-hmm. we're experimenting a little bit, but we usually have some kind of nice cocktail with our, with our experience here. And uh, that's for you, James. This okay. one's for me. And now we're going to do a live tasting. I promise you we won't actually give you our notes on the air. Mm-hmm. But uh, cheers, buddy. Cheers. Nice to see you again. Thanks for coming yes. to the show. Happy to be back on the show. Mm. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Oh, man. That's a keeper. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you want to hear my notes. I guess I, I'm not very good at uh alcohol tasting no well see the thing is it's all aged in pines it has this like good piney kind of cedar thing yeah it hasn't yeah and it's uh totally different yeah it's Um, definitely uh um unique for sure so uh getting back to like what we're talking about here which is movies and music from the 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 motion picture world uh which is something that james and i geek about a lot on Mm. uh we will let's jump over donnie darko because i really don't even remember if that was a good film I remember loving it when I watched it for the first time, but that was a really long time ago. Yeah. And I think the only thing Jake that I Gyllenhaal. Can, yes. Pretty good. <laughs> I was going to say there. Yeah. <laughs> the only, the only thing that I, that I can say that's relevant is I saw Jake Gyllenhaal at Essel and hot springs. Oh. So yeah, that's about it. Nice. Yeah. That's, that's a, that's a, that's one to keep. Yeah. We saw each other naked. So oh, really? that's pretty um, I guess no, not not is many he, people is he can say that. <laughs> Unfortunately, I didn't actually get to see. Yeah, I didn't get to see his wiener, but you know, um, next time. But it's a good good one for two truths and a lie. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like Jake Jill and I have seen each other naked. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and everyone sits down besides you. And yeah, that's great. <laughs> there you go. Um, so, uh, yeah, Donnie Darko, let's go watch that sometimes. You know, anything with a wormhole in time travel and going back to save people sounds pretty cool to me. Uh, Suspiria, though. Suspiria, the new film, mm. I, I I love that director. What's his name? Luca Guadagnino or something like yeah, that. Yeah, that's exactly how you Butchering it, it, I'm sure. No, no, no. Italian. Yeah, Luca. So Luca did a few films. The Call Me By Your Name is the one that I actually kind of prefer. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know about it's, prefer, yeah, but the thing that I love film. about that movie is that it just creates this landscape mm-hmm. and this like quality mm-hmm. of, and we'll just play this, or let's let's just play this in the background. This is visions of of Gideon Suf, Suf, Sufian, Sufian mm-hmm. Stevens. Um, yeah, really. It's just song. it's just like this is like it captures that place in the summertime, you know. Totally. Like, and you're just like you want to go there so bad. Oh yeah. And the pacing of that movie and so, just like the quality of everything and the textures and it just it's so it, it absorbs you into the film so much. And, yeah. And so that's what I love about that. And I tried to watch the beginning of Suspiria mm-hmm. and I don't know why I turned it off. Mm. But 
tell me more. Yeah. Well, first I want to like uh, say about uh, Call Me By Your Name. Love that movie. It's so beautiful. And watching it as a gay man, like he real the director really captures um, what it's like to be kind of questioning whether or not uh someone else is gay and like trying to read that situation while you're in the closet and because there's so many moments in that film where you're like wait is he is this guy interested in this in the protagonist or is he not you know is he is this kid just making it up in his head and it's something that you know as a gay man i've personally experienced so many times especially when i was in the closet trying to suss out you know whether someone is or not you know so you don't feel so alone and um yeah just such a beautiful movie um that's great to hear yeah but um uh the new suspiria it's okay so i've never lucas gay who the director uh i have no idea Seems like a hard thing to like handle as a director. Well, if he like a straight man, if he didn't, he did a really great job. Right, if well, he hasn't, he did a great job. Yeah. Yeah, I actually just saw a movie called Beach Rats recently, but that's also a, a movie about gay men, but it was made by a straight woman, which is really interesting. Um, but uh, going to um, Suspiria, I actually I never saw the original version, the one from the seventies. I mean that. I don't know what I just kind of looked up the original soundtrack mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. That that whole soundtrack sounds amazing. So I don't know oh, what really? is going on. It makes me very interested to go see the original film based on that soundtrack. It, it, uh, uh, for lack of better words, slaps. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it has bangers. Um, yeah, no, I mean people love that film, and it's like a total cult classic in terms of like horror movies. And I mean, just looking, I'm, I've seen you know stills from the movie, and like the production design, the cinematography looks really unique and um, out there. Which is, you know, it's like you don't really see many horror films that are so vibrant and colorful you know midsommar did that yeah um that was done in midsommar and like uh you know usually people of the horror filmmakers fall on on a certain aesthetic of being dark and shadowy and grays and blues and all that kind of stuff and reds um but yeah you know uh with the original Suspiria, it's it's just interesting to see how vibrant and colorful he goes mm-hmm. um but yeah no but but and and I guess I need the recommendation from you now. Should I go back and watch? Oh, the new one? Suspiria. Um, the new one, I personally really enjoyed it a lot. But you like horror films, too. I, I, I like horror films. Um, I mean, I'm kind of picky with horror right. movies. Um, but this one, it was really beautifully done. Um, the cinematography is incredible. Um, and there are some moments in it that are just, like, really just chilling. Um, and spooky you know I watched it with our friend Jasmine who is very like animated <laughs> and she also like you know is very sensitive so like watching horror movies with her is very yeah. is very it was it was it was a funny experience but you know there was, was one it reminds mo- me when I was watching The Ring when I was like a teenage boy mm-hmm. you know in like a room full of like girls mm-hmm. at that time and, mm-hmm. you know which was just a different scene but I was like everything was a scream and then oh, like, yeah. you get clinged on to mm-hmm. like, <laughs> good to be a little kid yeah, you know, watching, yeah, being the tough person in the room who doesn't uh, jump, you know, or right? Something, <laughs> yeah, you know? like, the ring. Oh my god, that's such a that, you know that I, movie has like a whole. I think we talked about this before, but it has like a whole context with like the end of VHS mm, and like it's, yeah. it's kind of this mm. whole dialogue on mm-hmm. that. Yeah, and it's scarred our entire generation. I think we're both millennials, <laughs> and we, I think yeah, it's hard. You, it's hard to to meet a millennial who has not seen the ring and has yeah. doesn't have any sort of story about it. I just missed the time where where we had a finite amount of movies on the shelf, mm-hmm. and oh, yeah. and you just kind of had to keep watching the same movie over and over mm-hmm. again mm-hmm. because 
that's all you had. Right. Yeah. You know? But yeah, there's so many movies at your fingertips now. It's like... And, uh... Yeah, it's just like, I don't... I feel like I don't watch movies at home because it's like, there's like, you know, it's just a, it's an annoying obstacle of decisions. Yeah. I oh, think, yeah. So many. Yeah, it's so hard to choose when you... Especially when you don't have something in mind. Uh, yeah, this is yeah, option paralysis. This is why it's a plug. Again, go to the movie theater, sit in a chair, and, and just forfeit your time, no matter if it's good. Yeah, or not. it's great. I love going to movie theaters. It's yeah. illegal to talk to people. I it's love that. Well, it's illegal for people to talk to me, which I really totally. love. Totally. It's illegal to be on your phone. I get to go be in a dark room, eat yeah. snacks, watch a movie, and also it's illegal to be on your phone. So, like, you don't, you don't miss the movie. Like, I'm yeah. so much more engaged. Whether or not I'm with friends watching a film in a theater, right. like, I just watch the whole thing front to back, especially since you can't pause it, you know, like, um, watching it at home, you just pause it go on your phone have a snack and then after a certain point you're just like why am i even watching this movie all right so hey look we've been talking a lot which Mm -hmm. i enjoy and uh but let's actually listen to this song right here this is johnny greenwood which you're gonna hear a lot today um johnny greenwood is i think one of my favorite composers he's just i mean he's working with some of my favorite directors this is lynn ramsey which is from the movie you're you were really you were never really here with uh, Walking the Phoenix, which, you know, I guess Bo is afraid of something we could talk about, but I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it yet, yeah. yeah. Um, so. And I don't really want to, but I just like Walking mm. Phoenix. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested. But anyways, here, so let's listen to the end of this, and, we'll kind of, and I'll kind of wrap you into this story a little bit about what uh, this movie is about. All right, catch you in a few.
All right, so whoop, 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 whoop. All right, great. Now we're back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hi, James. Uh, yeah, so I think it's hard to listen to uh, scores sometimes out of context, mm-hmm. and that's why we're going to keep interrupting and maybe talking about these to give you an introduction to uh, movies that we love. If you're just tuning in, this is the Highbrow Happy Hour. Um, highbrow the highbrow hippie have highbrow movie hour yeah mm-hmm. sure <laughs> and so that was uh johnny greenwood from the soundtrack you were never really here uh called tree strings that movie is so violent and so poetic mm. at the same time i really highly recommend you go see it anything from lynn ramsey i think is a i don't know if you've seen other work of hers she did like Rat Catcher. Um, oh God, I think there was one before this too that I'm forgetting. But anyways, go watch this film. It's like one of the most beautiful scenes where he's like in the water. And I'm not going to tell you why he's in the water, mm. but he's in the water and mm. there's this light shining through and he decides to like live at this moment. And it's just like, it's such a magical, beautiful score uh, mixed with just like the most intense, harsh reality of mm. life. Mm. And it just creates this beautiful and violent world that you just kind of want to stay in. Mm. It's very strange, mm. but uh, I highly recommend that. So let's jump ahead. We're going to go to the next movie, which okay. is uh, something I think you all know, and we'll talk about it when we get back. All right.
I guess we're just gonna keep doing this. How do we feel about it? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I feel fine. I'm ready. I'm ready to to get going. Keep going. Let's do this. Let's yeah, keep I going. Have, uh, I have endless movie opinions. Great. and things to say about them. So. Well, I mean, this is from obviously the 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 fabulous movie Amelie. Yeah, so which good. you know. What is that director's name? I'm going to look it up. But tell know. us a little bit about Amelie and your experience. Well, okay. So I haven't seen Amelie in a really long time, but I have seen it uh, several times. And uh, I mean, each time it makes a huge impact on me. It's just it's such great storytelling. Um, you know, the the main actress, incredible. Um, you know, the character development, the plot, everything is just really, you know, spot on. And on top of that, it's a movie that is... Um, not depressing which i think is i appreciate in a film you know it has like a message that's like um a little bit that's more hopeful and like sincere and is full of heart you know and uh it's hard to make films like that that aren't aren't sappy and cheesy right and i think it does it in a way that um is you know both funny and touching yeah, I mean, I I've like gone through that guy's like whole repertoire of mm-hmm. films. What else has he made? Did you see like uh, I think you know Delicatessen was one that I'm like mm, thinking. Of. I really want to see that one. They're all you know Mick Mac Mick Max and all those. Mm-hmm. Um, just I mean like I don't even know how you start with that kind of vision as a director and just be able to to consistently bring it. Mm-hmm. Um, I know all the way through a film. Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the great French directors. So. Mm. Highly recommend people go out and see. What's his name? Oh, I'm sorry. The <laughs> his name is Jean Pierre Junet. Okay. Um and he is a self taught director who's very quickly interested by cinema. Mm. Yeah. Very fascinating. Uh let's keep moving forward. I think that's all I could say about Amelie. Mm-hmm. Uh great film. Go see it. Extremely endearing, everything you said. Yeah. Here's the next one from one of our favorite directors, James. David Lynch, which I think you and I can go on and on and on about. Yeah. And, Be- uh, yeah. <laughs> there, was, <laughs> there, was, there was a funny line in Rick and Morty that he's like, pretending to your friends that you like David Lynch mm-hmm. so, so they can like you or something mm-hmm. like that. Anyway, so here is... No uh, one likes me because I like David Lynch. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, so this is Roy Orbison in Dreams. A candy-colored clown they call the Sandman Tiptoes to my room every night Just to sprinkle stardust and to whisper Go to sleep, everything is all right I close my eyes Then I drift away
Quickly, baby. All right, so that was one from Mulholland Drive. Let's actually tune in to this other track, and James and I will come back in a little bit and talk to you about that one. Enjoy this from Mulholland Drive. Yo estaba bien por un tiempo volviendo a sonreír. Luego anoche te vi, tu mano me tocó y el saludo de tu voz te hablé muy sin saber que he estado llorando por tu amor, llorando por tu amor, luego de tu adiós sentí todo Sola y llorando, 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 llorando. No es fácil de entender que al verte otra vez yo esté llorando. Yo que pensé que te olvidé, pero es verdad, es la verdad, que te quiero aún más, mucho más que ayer. Dime tú qué puedo hacer, no me quieres. Y siempre estaré llorando por tu amor, llorando por 
So I, I, I think, hi everyone. Welcome back. We just heard from uh, Mulholland Drive, Yorando. Uh, I think that's one of the most amazing, and I wish that you all could have watched the clip that James and I had just watched. But I think that is one of the most um, magical moments in cinema mm-hmm. that I've ever mm-hmm. seen. I remember watching Mulholland Drive uh, alone in my room in Santa Cruz. Mm-hmm. And just like tripping out on this movie, mm-hmm. just like so frightened. Mm-hmm. First of all. Oh yeah, like yeah there's so many scary moments. So freaky. Yeah. Uh, and just he is the master of horror in a way that mm-hmm. I think I enjoy because it's it really dives into like you're just strange subconscious about how terrible <laughs> terrible this is. Yeah. Um, so. in that scene right she's mm-hmm. singing and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden she faints mm-hmm. and she's just like no longer there mm-hmm. and then she gets dragged away but mm-hmm. the song keeps playing mm-hmm. and it just like it pulls you out of this movie in this way mm-hmm. and like the you know um the two actresses mm-hmm. and are just like crying it's just just go watch that i think that's that to me blue blue velvet which we'll talk about because we just heard that other song from it as well but I think Mulholland Drive might be my favorite Lynch film. Yeah, for me it is for sure, yeah. and I, I uh, that's saying a lot because I really love almost all of them. Yeah. I mean, some of them are, you know, I don't, I don't know about the Dune personally. <laughs> some people probably really love that. <laughs> I movie. cannot, I, I cannot get through that. Movie. Yeah, it's like, it's like two thousand one A Space Odyssey when they throw the bone up in the air. I'm mm-hmm. pretty much out. No, oh really? Yeah, I, I, I tr- <laughs> Oh no, me too. But yeah. like. You gotta be caffeinated. Yes, ready. you're ready to you go. You gotta be seeing it on a big true. screen, otherwise you're gonna fall asleep. That's true. Basically, Fantasia for adults. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so yeah, uh, Dune no, is definitely not one of our favorites. No, I wouldn't say. Yeah, probably I actually dislike that movie. But um, uh, with Mulholland Drive, yeah, that that scene with the uh, with that song that we just listened to, and it is just so incredible. And like, what I think what I really love about that scene and about that film in general is that the filmmaker literally tells you what's happening or what's about to happen, but still surprises you like with this one, like up, up, leading up to this moment where the singer faints, but the soundtrack continues where it's just so like, just so surprising is literally right before the, uh, the guy who comes on stage before to, to introduce the singer is saying, this is, there is no band. This is all an illusion. And they even show you like a trumpet player and then like the trumpet player 
takes his lips off the trumpet, but the trumpet still keeps on playing. So like the, he's warning you, and he's telling you, this is all an illusion. There's no one, no one singing, no one playing anything. Yet when this singer faints, you're roast in this performance and it becomes so real. And then she faints and it's just so surprising. surprising. It's, it's so surprising. And like, when you, yeah, when you watch that for the first time. It's just amazing that, number one, it's, it's a commentary on film in general mm-hmm. and how film when you're watching these this you know these movies which are basically images in in sequence with sound recorded sound laid on top of them it's not there it's not real but it feels so real when you're yeah. watching it you know and it feels like the story this real story and that's what i think he was getting at and also i mean i think it has to do with a lot of different things like you can really analyze that movie in so many different ways but one um uh, another uh uh, example of what he does there in that film is with the the film with the uh, the part with the bum behind the dumpster. Oh it's <laughs> just like one of the, most, the probably the scariest jump scare I've ever seen. Yeah, I, I definitely did not want to sleep after that. Horrifying. And the thing is, right before that happens, they 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 tell you what's about to happen. You know, like there's a man behind the dumpster, and he's the one who's doing it, and like. You know, like they're go approaching this dumpster, and you know that it's there's a man behind there. Right. And when the when the bum comes out from behind it, it's the most terrifying thing. Even though they are telling you the entire time that right. it's about to happen. Right. It's just mind blowing. Right. Like I don't really know what <laughs> I can't explain to you why well, it is that the way it is, but it is that way. But like that's the thing too is like you. I remember we've had this conversation before about it, and I'm like, they did mention it. Like, I think that's also the interesting thing about film is that you're watching these images like i think you and i might have the same thing where it's like we're not necessarily listening all the time either mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know and, and you're there's so much to absorb mm-hmm. and oh yeah for sure and like i don't know maybe he was playing with this idea of like dialogue being ignored mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. yeah totally um, but yeah i think the, the way that he is so obscure and he figures out the most subtle ways to be just so under your skin. Yeah, he really taps into the subconscious because he's making the entire his movies entire like entirely from his subconscious and right. his dreams. Yeah, and in a way that which is incredible because I feel like if most other people would try to do this, it would be kind of incoherent, like you know garbage right but the way he does it just touches people in so many different ways i mean a lot of people really hate him and don't get it but for me it really hits me on resonates with me on like a very deep level um but yeah i mean i've heard his movies described as puzzles with too many pieces so you can you can complete the puzzle yeah but then there's a whole bunch of pieces left over and you're like what god damn it What do those pieces go to? And then you then you redo the puzzle with those pieces, but then there's a whole bunch of other pieces that are not that are left out, you know? So like um yeah, they would just work on so many different levels and part of the fun is trying to figure out what they're about. Yeah. You know? Mm -hmm. Um and on top of that, it's like like, you could never watch a trailer for a Lynch film. No. I I don't know if I ever have. I don't think I have either. I don't even know how you would do that. No, you like, wouldn't. You'd just be like, oh, wow, that movie's not going to be good. Yeah. And I mean, <laughs> to a lot of people, they aren't good. You can't yeah. summarize a Lynch film like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure there's some un- uncontemporary ways to actually do it right. All right, so how about this? You and I, let's take a little break. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to listen to three songs, all from uh, science fiction films. Uh, first one being Interstellar, the next one Tenant, and then the final one, Arrival. Uh, it'll be kind of a fun thing to hear. Um, these are 
some phenomenal, phenomenal things. Hans Zimmer is obviously uh, a big, big. Uh, I'm a big fan of Hans Zimmer. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know the whole Dune soundtrack and everything. Mm. Anyways, uh, and then you know, let's just add Dune in there too. Yeah, I was wondering. How about yeah. that? <laughs> yeah. So let's uh, let's hear this now. This is Freeport from Tenet, and uh, hopefully this will get things uh, a little bit more awake in the room. <laughs> okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you. 
cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times The type of memories That turn your bones to glass Turn your bones to glass Mother came rushing in She said we didn't see a thing We said we didn't see a thing And father left at eight Nearly splintering the gate Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times The type of memories That turn your bones to glass Turn your bones to glass And though you were Just a little squirrel understood every word and in this way they gave you clarity a cold-blooded clarity cold-blooded old times cold-blooded old times cold-blooded old times How can I stand And laugh with the man Who redefined your body How can I stand And laugh with the man Who redefined your body those cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old times Cold-blooded old
focused all around most of the time I can keep both feet on the ground I can follow the path I can read the sign stay right with it when the road unwinds I can handle whatever I stumble upon I don't even notice She's gone Most of the time Most of the time It's well understood Most of the time I wouldn't change it if I could I can make it all match up I can hold my own I can deal with the situation Right down to the bone I can survive And I can endure And I don't even think About her Most of the time High Fizzle Scooby-Doo Hour, and we are hanging out with my good friend James, one of our favorites on this show. James, thank you so much for being here again. Thank you for having me. I'm happy to be back. So we took a little break from talking to you. Hopefully you got to either enjoy that or hate it. And um, we... Let me turn this down just a little bit. I feel like it's a little high. Bob Dylan can get in the way. That's all I'm saying. So yeah, we heard some soundtracks from from Tenet, uh, from Interstellar, from Dune. We can talk about all those films, James. What we're listening to right now, we heard from Smog, which is one of my favorite artists of all time, Bill Callahan. If you don't know Bill Callahan's work, you should, or don't talk to me. I guess I can't talk to you. So you better be quiet over there, all right? <laughs> no, is Eddie, co- is Eddie coming over? Because, you know, we need somebody who might know who Bill Cullen is. Yeah, Eddie is coming over. He says he's not radio ready. Eddie's my good friend. Uh, <laughs> he's not radio ready. He says he's not radio ready. He's put, put on some makeup. <laughs> Great. Yes, uh, we are. We should start filming the show. Uh, fun fact about Eddie and I, and we'll talk about that if he ever gets here. Um, anyways, uh, this is all from the soundtrack of High Fidelity, which is a kind of like fa- like a favorite of mine from my childhood. Mm-hmm. One of those VHS tapes that was sitting there with us that I had, and you just watched it over and over again. Mm-hmm. Jack Black's hilarious in there. 
we'll play a few more things from that but um do we want to talk about any of these things go watch all of those movies we yeah. could talk about dune we could talk about i feel like i can talk the most probably about dune and interstellar i have not seen tenet and i have seen high fidelity but it was such a long time ago like when i was a kid so all i remember is that john cusack is in it as someone who works at a record store that's it that's all i remember that's that's i mean that's that's the majority of the it's film. a rom-com, it's a rom-com right yeah, it is. Yeah. He goes back and he starts talking to his ex girlfriend to mm-hmm. see what he did wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but the music in it is just phenomenal, mm-hmm. and we'll just kind of let the rest of this kind of play in the background as we talk. But this is uh, Velvet Underground, which is also from that soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, great film. Yeah, I should put that on my watch list. It's you know, I think you like it. Yeah, it's, it's like up there with maybe nine to five in terms of like that quality, but like mm-hmm. great funny mm. you know Cusack I think wrote the film mm. as well or uh-huh. co-wrote it yeah you know I just I really love movies from the 90s in general like I just am such a suck I mean it's probably nostalgia but I'm just a sucker for how the films look yeah and like like it was like you know film actual celluloid was still the prevalent um, you know medium that films were being made on so they all have this visual quality that's just so warm and rich and like it was still like kind of like it was like the end of like you know certain like hollywood style films that uh, i feel like aren't really being made so much anymore right um you know with the advent of like digital what would an example be that you're like missing um like so, I guess I guess the question is, or or what you're trying to propose is like, because what what do you think celluloid or or film mm. has changed mm. that you're missing? Right. Okay. So, well, number one, if you like, for me, it's very obvious if a film is was made on celluloid versus digital. Yeah. I mean, obviously, anything prior to like the two like 2000 was made on film, and you know, um, and any and most of the films nowadays are made on digital, but. Um, there's just a certain warmth um, and quality to the like and uh, to to film yeah. that digital just doesn't really have. Digital to me um, is like I mean you can make you know incredibly beautiful films with digital. Don't get me wrong, like it's I there's a lot of my favorite films are are on digital, but it kind of lacks that warmth. It's all very clean and clear yeah. and super crisp, and mm-hmm. which is not a bad thing. But there's just something about. Um, well, you know, Dune was shot all on digital. Yeah, and that, I love that film. Yeah, incredible. I mean, and then it works there too, right? Yeah, um, it works for a lot of movies. Yeah, although you know that whole thing with Dune, though, right? It's like they have a civilization that is based around no computers, right? It's mm-hmm. all kind of mechanical mm-hmm. devices and right. kind of the the uh, the voice and like that whole mm-hmm. witchcraft world. Mm-hmm. But I'm wondering, like. Then they probably would be shooting on film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. it wouldn't actually be shot digitally because there's no, there wouldn't be computer chips. Yeah, I think that would. I mean, you know, you knowing know, that fuck director, you, Denis. Yeah, this is bullshit. Knowing <laughs> that director, he probably would have done that if it was. It was. You know, the thing is, it's so expensive to film movies on film nowadays because, like, I think this is. I think this is a is a bad point though because. In terms of the amount of money that that goes everywhere else in the film, mm-hmm. shooting a movie on film is probably one of the cheapest things. Mm. So I think if you reframe it or reframe it like that, yeah, then it makes sense, you know. Yeah, I think Tarantino said something like that, where it was like, "We're gonna do as many takes as it 
as it takes, even if we're on film, because right. film is the cheapest thing on set. Hmm. You know, and it is kind of true. I thought it was expensive to get it and process it. And also, it yeah. is, but yeah, you have to think about like the actors are so much more money than the, the film costs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like drop a million dollars here or there. You know, I don't know. It just, yeah. I think the, I think. I'm a proponent of people shooting on film because right. I think it is a form of witchcraft. It is alchemy. Yeah. It is one of the coolest things that mankind has ever created. Right. Chemicals, maybe, you know, maybe that was, that's the downside of it. But there are ways to do it, you mm. know, environmentally uh, conscious. Yeah. So I just want to see as many people shoot on film. Yeah, me too. Like, honestly, I would not be upset at all if all films <laughs> totally. and, on, and that's the thing I think it's interesting when you go back and you look at like Lawrence of Arabia or mm-hmm. something you know you can see how like even though that was shot on 70 mil I don't know whether it was the processing quality or or what but like it has different textures mm-hmm. it looks like 35 mm-hmm. millimeter film mm-hmm. has a lot of grain mm-hmm. but like and then like you know you watch the master or like anything else that was shot in 70 mil or imax mm-hmm. now mm-hmm. like interstellar or, mm-hmm. or you know those they're so 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 sharp mm-hmm. and so crystal clear like mm-hmm. lacking of grain i'm kind of curious what that lens technology mm-hmm. is you mm-hmm. know mm-hmm. because even like you know uh you know pt anderson which is one of my favorites mm-hmm. you know he shoots on these lenses that are vintage lenses mm-hmm. and stuff and mm-hmm. like they're old you know uh old panasonic lenses and I don't know. I, I'm so fascinated with, like, why the technology even from that. Because if you go back and you look at some of the films, you might be, like, you know, Breakfast at Tiffany's or any of these, like, big movies, these musicals, Singing in the Rain. There is a certain texture in the quality of, of film grain that you don't notice as much as you do now. Or, like, you yeah. know, you would notice more in comparison to then with digital now mm-hmm. than digital to film now. Yeah. I don't know what that is. I, maybe it's the technology of... of the actual film or the chemicals uh you know used in processing it maybe it has to do with the uh the lens maybe it has to do with like you know how much the film has actually aged because you know nowadays we're watching all these digital transfers of these films and you know film is uh notorious for degrading right really quickly yeah. and um you know like the movies that you see from from the past it is not how they actually looked when they first came out yeah you know um so maybe that could be part of it. I have no idea, to be honest. I could talk about this forever. I yeah. mean, I just think that shooting film has a certain process that is 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 just more interesting mm-hmm. than any other way to do it. I think there's there's reasons you shoot digital. There's reasons why you shoot film. But if you can shoot film, if that's the quality you're looking for, you know, you just got to do yeah. it because yeah. this whole replication of like. Let's shoot it on digital. Then mm-hmm. we'll put film grain, and then we'll like add all these layers, and then right. we'll like make. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that. Right, right. No, you know? no, yeah, yeah. It's just like don't even bother. But you know, one thing about film is that, uh, you know, uh, you you don't have unlimited film. Whereas with digital, you can take as many takes as you want to. And right. I'm sure you're limited by like, you know, how long you have a set for, or yeah. how long you have your actors for. But like, typically, you can just do take after take after take, and you can watch it right there. You know, you can just replay it right there. So right. Like, you can do it until you get the take that you want. Um, and with film, it's, you know, it's it, there's, it's more expensive and you don't get to see it right after you film it. So, like, you know, there's a higher um, kind of pressure for both filmmakers and actors right. to get it right 
the first time. Yeah, I think there's a lot of people that talk about that, right? Mm. Which is like, I think a great proponent of, of why, you know, film is important. Um, I, I just, yeah, I, sorry, I lost my train of track. We, we we're running into a new, new, new song here from Akira, uh, which, you know, we're going into our anime phase of musical soundtracks now. In which case we will jump back in, but I'm going to make a movie on 16 mil for sure. I definitely want to do that on 35, I don't, you know, but why do we need more material? You know, I think I've watched so many documentaries or, or like talks with good directors and like the thing they always talk about is, is, is when an actor it proclaims or says like, this director knows what he's doing because he knows when to stop shooting, right? Mm-hmm. You know when you get the take. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a kind of knowledge that you might only get from working with film mm-hmm. um, because right. you have to be conscious about what you're shooting, when you get it, and when you capture it, totally. and know that that's attention. it. And we, we can move on because because that's there. Once you get into the editing realm, it's like in any possibilities happening, you actually, I think, become... I think restrictive, mm. re- restrictive creatively, mm. because if you leave me in a room with a with a with a blank piece of paper, mm-hmm. I can create whatever I want. Mm. But does that mean that it's going to be the best thing, or because the limitations based on what you have allow you to adjust based on how yeah. the world accidentally gave you this information? Right. I I just think that that randomness is so important mm-hmm. to to finding what's real mm-hmm. and. Um, you know, being able to work with what you have, and I think limitations are good. And oh, that's yeah. not for everyone. But no, totally. I think constraints are, you know, your best friend when it comes to like yeah. making something good. Personally, but you know, I'm sure there are people out there like it's the bane of their existence. <laughs> and, like it makes their art shittier. But I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I just I can't I can't do the blank canvas. So let's no, let's either. let's go back and let's let's listen to uh, three anime tracks. I don't know if you can call a Miyazaki film anime. I think it might be insulting to him or something. But uh, from animated films. Uh This one being from Akira. Uh, This is called Kaneda. And then we'll listen to a few other tracks uh, from Paprika with the famous parade song. And then obviously Spirited Away with the Dragon Boy. And we will return after that. Uh, If you're just tuning in, this is the Highbrow Happy Hour Community live from BFF.FM. We are doing a uh, another experimental show just to see what and where we're supposed to be in this world, um, and we are giving you music from movies that we've watched or loved, and and we're kind of just here with that. So with that, let's hear uh, this track from Bur- uh, Paprika called Parade. <laughs>
Hey, you. Yeah, you. Did you know you could donate a car, truck, motorcycle, or other vehicle to Billy Theft all day there? Your donation will directly support mentor and create opportunities for our Bay Area radio DJs. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate that old vehicle today. We accept most cars, trucks, trailers, boats, RVs, motorcycles, off-road vehicles, heavy equipment, and other motorized vehicles. It's easy and convenient, and you'll be directly helping the San Francisco Bay Area music community. Just call 855-500-RIDE to donate today. That's 
just tuning in. This is a high below here. And uh, I, uh, we have an extra guest here right now. James is here with me, of course, but we also have Eddie. Eddie, what is going on, buddy? Hi. Yeah. So I mean, you got to talk closer to the mic. I am. Um, I live right down the street, and I heard this was happening, so I hopped <laughs> over. <laughs> Um, yeah, and we don't know Eddie. Uh, Eddie just lives Eddie. down the street. He was knocking on doors. <laughs> He's knocking on the window and someone let me in. So. All right. Well, thank you for being here, Eddie. And um, if you do feel like talking at any point, please interject or get as close to James as possible. That microphone likes to be uh, held close. I don't think I can be any closer to James than I already am. That's <laughs> so much time. Please get you both watch a lot of movies. You watch a lot of movies with James. Uh, is that here? Yeah. Do you know about our system? Our, our no, I don't. System? I don't know about your system. So James and I have a, a list of eight movies that we. Um, this is how we choose what to watch because we watch so many movies together. So we have a list of, of eight movies. We we've each contributed four films to the list. Uh huh. Um, and. We roll an eight-sided die to figure out what movie to watch each night. Oh my god, this is brilliant! And once one of our movies gets watched, we will replace it with another one. We each have a different kind of system for how we choose what movies to put on. Uh huh. Um, there are movies that we've seen that we haven't seen that we want to show each other that we are want to watch again. You know, but it's it's proven to be really fascinating and we're watching things that we would never have watched otherwise i think this is an amazing thing because i am and i was talking about this with james i am burdened with the amount of choices where i almost want to go back to the netflix dvd system mm. so at least you have no choice but right. to have the two that are there and, you know, I think with Plex and doing all those things, James, like we've figured out a good way to do it, but it's just not, it's, uh, yes, let's, let's, let's decide the week before the movies we want to watch and then roll the dice because it's like, it's literally at that point now. Yeah. Mm. No, it's great because like you see all, you see these movies that you put on like a month ago and you're like waiting when, it, you know, like I think the, the movie that's been on our list the longest so far is Seven Samurai. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it's been on there for about over a month, probably I think over a month. Have you not point. seen Seven Samurai? No. Really? No. no. Have you seen a lot of Akira, uh, Akira no, Sawa films? I haven't seen a single Akira Kurosawa. Yeah. Yeah, yeah well, talk about a poem and just so poetic as a, as a director. Yeah. I mean, and just so influential on everyone you've ever watched, you know. Yeah. Talk about Star Wars right now, you know. I mean, like, it, <laughs> there's so much influence from any samurai film, especially, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Kurosawa stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, wait, just let me turn this up for a second. So I'm pretty sure this is the better soundtrack. <laughs> this is from like Jabba's Lair or something like that, this palace song. And obviously we all know the Cantina song, but like this song is it's pretty epic. Also by John Williams. Could you yeah. imagine John Williams doing this song? No. Yeah, no. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't I had no idea. Yeah. So anyways, uh, what was the what was the last movie that you had both watched? Last night, 
I watched three movies yesterday. Yeah. And they're all very well. Yeah, they're all very different. I'm a little yeah. jealous. I have, a, I have a picture of our of our list here. Um, yes. Wait, how are you watching the movies? It depends on the movie. Like where we rent a lot of movies on. Oh, but like uh, like on a, a TV oh, or a projector? TV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yesterday we watched Tammy and the T Rex, 1994. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's really, really just like so. So bad that it's like bad on it's purpose. Good. Yeah, yeah, it's like Denise Richards, Paul Walker, when they're like both of their like almost their first films, I would say. Yeah, yeah, and it's um, really difficult to follow. Doesn't really make a lot of sense. The premise is so ridiculous. The premise is um, uh, th- there's about this uh, high school couple, and the boyfriend dies, and they replace uh, they put his brain in an animatronic T Rex. And it terrorizes this little, this small town. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, they have to figure out how to get his brain into another body. Uh-huh. It's, it's it's off the rails, but um, really funny and you know bad on purpose. I which is yeah, kind of fun. I mean, you know? I'm gonna tr- I'm gonna take you for your word on this one. <laughs> you, yeah, because it sounds awful. It was awful. <laughs> it was <laughs> really bad. Absolute, yeah. absolute trash. But that's the point, you know. Like I think. Wait, like, the filmmaker. I think, the filmmaker. I think knew. I know this movie. It's, oh, really? It might be I like think a bit of a cult. It's classic. a cult, right? It, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, mean, it's like I early Denise Richards. She she looks amazing. Oh my god, she's yeah, <clears throat> stunning. And it. she really commits. Like, she, there's a lot of like tears and and like mm-hmm. she's committed to like being in love with this T Rex. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, <it's laughs> only really because. Funny. Like and they're not even like they weren't even together that long. I think no. they had, like kissed once. And, right. Like he said, they said, she I, said love I love you, you. Yeah. and then all of a sudden they're boyfriend and girlfriend, and now that's he's, how it works. He's I, dead, and and she's fully committed to spending her life with this this brain that's stuck in a T Rex, and doesn't matter what body he's in. And yeah, such such bad gore, but like so entertaining because it's so bad. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, I mean, the, the filmmakers oh, knew. Uh, wait, it's gory. Okay. Oh yeah, so this is not gory. even though it's not where I thought it was like T Rex. There's yeah. a lot of gore, and it's all very fake. Yeah, but in a fun, very like, I mean, it's it's so bad it's good. It's one of those films, you know. After Tammy and the T Rex, we watched Us by Jordan Peele. Uh huh. Yeah. Which I think is so underrated. Um, I love that movie. I, it was my second time watching it, and I. I remember like not knowing what it was about after having seen it and then watching it again not really remembering what it was about and still couldn't really tell you what it's mm. about. I just think it's so beautiful and and so unsettling. Mm. It is beautifully like metaphoric. Yeah. That movie is I mean it's a little I I think James and I might agree I mean like I do I would like to see that movie again because it, it was a little it didn't sit with me as well as you're describing it, but I know how great of a director Jordan Peele is. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, so you know, uh, Get Out obviously is is phenomenal, mm-hmm. and I don't know if you watched Nope, but I've seen Nope. Nope. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. I really do like Nope. Honestly, I thought it was a pretty epic epic movie and just kind of masterful in terms of its cinematography. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he really surprises me with with his like control over camera and and scripts and it's. I wouldn't have expected that from him. Well, I like that his comedy still like comes through. Right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very you funny. Know, it's like yeah. very clearly. Yeah, that, that was yeah. some of my favorite parts. Yeah. In, in, uh us were all like the comedy it was was really really good. Yeah. 
Um, all right. So what else? Anything what else? We watched the third movie yesterday. Pee Wee's Big Adventure, oh. <laughs> <laughs> which personally I loved that so much. Oh my god, it is the most insane, ridiculous caricature of Americana. I think I think you know? anytime you get to watch a brilliant physical actor on screen, mm-hmm. it's so rewarding because it's it's kind of a lost art. Yeah. I would I would I don't know. I mean, I'm not in the industry, but like, you don't see Jim Carrey's anymore. You don't really see. Yeah. Um, even like Ross from Friends, like mm-hmm. as cringy as that show is now, like to watch it, he has some of the best um, physical acting mm-hmm. in that. In that, and then Kramer and all those guys. Course, you know, yeah. um, it's a little bit. It, it's missing. So I think when you see P.U. Herman, I can understand why it was. You know. Yeah. Oh, he's so good in it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> They've been practicing. Um, yeah, it's fresh on the mind. Yeah. All right, we got a fourth, and then we'll move on. Yeah, sure. Uh, like what we watched recently. Oh, I thought you said you watched four movies. No, we watched no, three yesterday. yesterday. Was three, but yeah. And we... then we watched three before that. The the, the, follow, the previous day we watched Porco Rosso, Beach Rats, and Bachelorette. That's <laughs> um, <laughs> red. I feel interesting. There's. Yeah, it's a little too much of the you know the fart humor for me. But. What in Bachelorette? Yeah, or, yeah, that one. Yeah, I don't. I, I, don't, I personally didn't really love it, but um, no, I mean I think it's great. You know, mm-hmm. amazing cast. Yeah, the cast. Was well, great. are you thinking of Bridesmaids or? Oh, you know, yeah. I'm thinking of Bridesmaids. Thank you. Right. Wait, what is the Bachelorette? Bachelorette is it a, a TV different. show? It, no, it's a, it's a movie. It's starring Kirsten Dunst, um, oh. Isla Fisher, and I forget the other actress's name. Yeah. Um, and James Marston. And um, yeah, the, it's yeah, it's kind of like Bachelorette, or sorry, it's kind Bachelor- of like no, uh, bridesmaids, but with like really shitty. Pe- oh, sorry, really crappy people. You, you know, can say shitty. It's I okay. can. Yeah, uh, yeah, I have yeah. no idea if the FCC is yeah. watching or not, but <laughs> listening. But yeah, no, very shitty people. Like it's um, it's kind of like um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia, where like the 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 characters are outrageously awful humans. Yeah. You know. Um, so yeah, that, I mean, that was kind of the premise. Right? Yeah, would you agree? I think Bridesmaids is better if we're gonna have to compare the two. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, but it, you know, oh, I, right. oh, they're they're comparable. They're com- yeah, mm-hmm. I think that similar they're plot. they're similar. I think that Bridesmaids is a little more like upbeat and kind of maybe funnier. Yeah, I think Kristen Wiig is funnier and Kristen Wiig is hilarious yeah. and everything, you know. But um, it's I remember that movie being better than it was. That was one of the movies that I've seen before mm-hmm. and wanted mm-hmm. to watch again. Yeah, that happens uh, with the, like we 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 both put movies on that we haven't seen for a long time, and sometimes they live up. Sometimes they're better than you what you remember, and right. sometimes they're like, "Holy crap, that's, that is like not what I remembered it to be." I, yeah, I mean, I would love to do just a, a a show about movies that we remember being good that we rewatch again, mm-hmm. uh, which sometimes you're very pleasantly surprised. Mm-hmm. Billy Madison still holds up. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, Austin Powers still kind of holds up. I love Austin Powers. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's some cringy Austin Powers stuff that he mm-hmm. does, but like other than that, I don't know. Yeah, I'm trying to think of a movie that I watched recently. It was like, you know, something like Garden State. I mm-hmm. think is a good example of like that movie sucks. Doesn't really hold up. Yeah, <laughs> I remember loving it when it came yeah, out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It was like everyone's like, you know, it was, it, it was tying into everything that we all felt. It also, yeah, it really captured like kind of a certain zeitgeist. I feel like it really like caught, 
you know, what was kind of um, in style and what's, what was happening at the time, you know, especially right. with like the, the soundtrack and everything and, you know, who like the stars in it and everything, um, what those films, what rom-com films were like at that time. Um, but it is kind of, you know, I remember watching it recently and just thinking it was very dated. So. Uh-huh. All right. So maybe we should, we, we only have about 10 minutes left in the show. Mm. So, uh... I'm actually surprised that I haven't really thought of it, and I think there, this whole show could also be about musicals, which would be even, mm. you know, maybe better to like guide mm. this next mm. episode mm. Uh, about movies. But um, you've both seen Walk Hard. No, I haven't. No, <laughs> me either. I mean, this is like I just like came out. I'm like, you know, one of the best soundtracks of all time. It's it's very much a musical though. Mm. Um, Maybe we'll play a track after this and we'll kind of go further forward. And um, I don't know. Maybe we'll just stop there. Let's get to this track. This is actually from uh, uh, Inherent Vice. I don't know if you've ever seen that Mm -hmm. movie. It's on my list. Paul Thomas Anderson is one of my favorites. So, you know, anything from The Master Forward, Mm -hmm. you know, I think is just golden. You know, there's like nothing you... I mean, yeah, he's... It's weird how good he is. <laughs> yeah, when well, we saw Phantom Thread recently, and that was, I think, maybe probably the first movie I've ever seen, first and only so far. Of and, his? Yeah. <laughs> or just movies in general? <laughs> uh, no, uh, from him. And uh, <laughs> that was, re- yeah, really, really beautiful film. Really well done. Performance Oftentimes when I see a movie by Paul Thomas Anderson, it's like I walk out of the movie and I go, I don't know if I like that. Mm-hmm. I don't really, I didn't understand it. I don't, well, it's not about understanding. It's, it's, it's just you didn't. Oftentimes I'll be disappointed and then we'll come back to it and come back to it and come back to it and come back to it. Mm-hmm. So uh, let's finish up this song uh, called Vitamin C and we will catch you in a few. Tears fall in vain 
just tuning in this is once again the highbrow happy hour coming to you live from bff.fm somewhere in a house in oakland and i'm sitting here with my two friends james and eddie and we are listening to music from motion pictures uh this one specifically from the movie men uh, which has been suggested by eddie alex garland i think he's pretty amazing alex garland did men i think uh yeah, like you said, underwatched film, maybe underrated. I don't mm-hmm. really remember too much about it, but this song really stuck with me. Um, it's in like the opening scene right. where this woman's husband is falling to his death and it comes back over and over again throughout the film. And mm-hmm. it's such a lovely song for such a strange and totally and kind of really, really creepy film. Um and I've actually like I've been listening to this song. It's been a lot of my playlists since that movie came out in 2019. Um, and it's funny that I don't really remember the film that much, but I, I remember the song. Yeah, and I hadn't really heard it before. Yeah, I think this movie, and uh, we're just gonna tie it up here, and we're gonna kind of leave here in just a few minutes. So I do want to say thank you real quick for both you being here and coming and hanging out and talking film and and just appreciating music and uh, the art of cinema. But um, yeah go watch his films this is a he's one of the masterful new directors out there and um yeah i hope to do a show like this again with both of you and um you know until then let's hang out a little bit after this but um yeah thanks for coming on james per usual thanks for being here yeah thank you for having me i enjoyed myself and let's finish up with uh hearing the rest of elton john all right we'll catch you in a few weeks everyone and thanks for tuning in have your eyes really seen You know what I mean Have your eyes really seen Do you know what I mean Have your eyes really seen Do you know